Let's start, you know, Kathy, you have the mic. So if you could begin by sharing with your area of deepest sin and struggle. Um, here's what I'd like for you to do, Kathy. Kathy is, she's going to look at Jen. Um, what I would love, Kathy, is for you to start out by talking a little bit about, um, I know growing up you struggled with organized church. Tell us about that and tell us why. It was until you push the button. Let me see. You were off to a very poor start. Yes, this should be on. Okay. Can you all hear me? Nothing, Dan? Okay, it's on. Let's just switch to this one. That's all right. There, 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 there. Okay, okay. I got it. Or Kelly got it. Thank you. Um, yes, I grew up in the church. Um, uh, awesome experience when I was young. Um, one of those uh, country churches that, um, you know, church picnics and VBS and Round Lake and um, very loved and accepted. And it was a great experience for me, one that I, um, <clears throat> try not to get nervous, that I hold in my heart and I've um, held it there. And that's why one of the reasons I am back in church. Um, when I was a freshman in high school, we moved. And where we moved to, I wasn't prepared for. Um, the church was not loving. It was not accepting and was not um, inviting and receptive to me and my family. Um, those were hard three years of my life. They were the three years of my high school years. Um, and um, by the time I left to go to college, I basically turned to my mom and said, I will never step church in a church, into a church again. And I didn't want anything to do with um, leadership, eldership, ministers, even though my father was the minister. I didn't want anything to do with his job. Um, I didn't want anything to do with the Bible, God, teaching, learning, any of that. It was... I was done with it. I figured the world was a safer place to be than inside a church. And um, I took, took that hurt with me to college and um, chose never to walk into church again until one Sunday I did. My mom talked me into coming. And when I was there, one of the women in the church stood up and started yelling at my father during the service. So that's it. So, um, yeah. Okay. Now, so you were what the common phrase, the, the idiom is burned by a church. Yes. So you were burned by church experience, yet um, you are back involved in a church, employed by a church, <laughs> yeah. sitting here in a church yeah. today. So what, uh, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Well, again, like what were you, you said, thinking? This was the farthest thing from my mind and one of the hardest decisions I made in my life when I accept the jobs here at Polaris because of that. Um, but I think I look back, and it started after our, I had Christopher, my oldest. We had moved to Michigan. I was alone in a little apartment, and my husband worked, and I was isolated. And, you know, and I, it was, like I said, I, I had that. I wanted, I began to remember what it was like to be a part of a church family, a good church family, a healthy one. Um, perfect? No. 
It was not perfect, I know that. But I wanted that for Chris, and whether that was the right reason to go back for church, to church, I can't say that, but that's why I went, because I wanted him to have youth group, and I wanted him to have um, people in his life praying for him, and I wanted friends and family, because that's what church was for me growing up. That was my family. I didn't have an extended family. They were at my birthday parties, and um, so I wanted that for him. And in the midst of taking him to church, um, I was invited to a woman's Bible study, and I said I was lonely, <laughs> alone, and didn't have friends. And I said yes, and um, ex- and then within that year, except re- um, rededicated my life to Christ and fell in love with God's Word and. You know, it's now been, you know, 20-some 20, 20 years, and I haven't, I've been in a Bible study and studying God's Word for 20-some years, year after year. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And the ministry path became because of a passion and love for, and this sounds weird, but basketball. It was my comfort zone. So when opportunities came for me to use my love for a sport I had since I was four, that was my safety net. I could go to a Christian basketball camp and I could go to the city mission and teach basketball within a ministry that I felt safe. So that was my first steps into ministry. Okay. Jen, you're up next. Um, What I want you guys to be able to see from Kathy is that part of Kathy's story is that you can see great things and you can see awful things in the church. And even though some of you have been devastated by church decisions and by uh, you know church being everything it's not supposed to be, there is always time for God to work in your life so that you can find tremendous value and growth in what God is doing uh, in his kingdom through the church. Okay, now Jen, um, I asked you up here because I know that you know, I've, in, you're in our small group, um, and everything that I have seen over the past you know, year or so is that you have a tremendous value for God's activity in your life and you are committed uh, to grow as a wife, as a mom, as a follower of Jesus. And I know that you have some specific disciplines in your life that are a catalyst for that growth. So what I'd love for you to do is briefly share your church background and then talk a little bit about what you have found that anchors you in terms of discipline? Okay. You combine two questions into one. I have to... Okay, so I'll separate it out. <laughs> Briefly no, no, tell have, us... They're separate on my paper. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. So maybe don't look at it. <laughs> um, I grew up uh, in a church in, in Parma Heights, and we went Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening... I went to the private school in the church. I kind of lived at the church for a while. I was very, very involved. Um, when I was very young, I was only four and a half, um, I came home from church one Sunday, and I had some questions. I don't remember what they are now, but I know that I had a conversation with my mom, which led to me deciding that I wanted to pray right then and ask Jesus to come into my heart. I remember sitting on my mom's bed and doing that. Um, and then later in elementary school, I decided to get baptized and um, just remained involved in the church and through high school and the youth group and in college. Um, went away to college, but went to some you know, churches that were near campus there. And um, 
was involved in. So I didn't have any like so really exciting. So high heavy church involvement. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I did kind of get sort of just I don't know, kind of bored with it for a while, I guess, because I didn't I don't know how, if that's the right way to put it, but um, kind of went through a period where whatever, and then um, after I had kids, God really kind of started to teach me new things that I hadn't experienced before. Um, Michael went through two times as uh, like toddler age when he could have easily died. Um, and I started to realize God's showing me that he's got my kid's life in their hands because I wanted to be in control and realize I can't have my eyes on my kids every single minute of the day and that he's, but he sees them all the time. And, um, then I had a miscarriage, and I really grieved a lot um, with that. But when I, I finally just said, okay, God, I'm giving this to you, and he almost immediately blessed us with Brandon. So he um, taught me those things. And now, um, on a daily basis, I just talk with God all the time. People, like, I don't know, kind of think that's weird. <laughs> Tell us what <laughs> but, that looks like. Um well, right now, Mike and I kind of have a lot of stress in our life, so with all throughout the day, even little things can make me, like, really high-strung, and so I just, all throughout the day, I'm talking to God about whatever's going on, and this is really making me uptight, and what do I do about this, or I don't know what to do about this, or, um, oh, hey, here was a good thing, thanks for that, and just kind of like a conversation, like you would have with anybody, any friend, or whoever, and then, um, I try to read my Bible on a daily basis, and I like to use a Bible that has not just, obviously all Bibles have the chapter and verse numbers, but one that has, like, the subheadings that tell you, like, this next part's going to be about whatever, and then at the bottom of the page, I like to have ones that have commentaries on the verses, because I usually miss a lot when I read it the first <coughs> time, but then when I go read the commentaries, I'm like, oh, okay, now that makes sense. And, and if you want help finding a Bible like that, just shoot me an email. Sorry, did I jump it's in? Okay. You, 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 you good? That was you? the end of the thought, yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay, Kelly, your turn now. Now, most of you probably think that my wife spends most of her time meditating on what it's like to be married to such an amazing husband. Um, she can occasionally be found... Be careful, I have the mic this ...engaging time. in other activities. Yeah, you've been putting up for years of... or with years of... Uh, okay. So tell us just real brief your history with God. I went to the church from the moment I was born. My parents took me. I grew up in Livonia, Michigan, um, going to Memorial Church of Christ right by my house. Um, my youth leaders and my youth minister especially and my mother really invested in me. Um, I made a decision to be baptized in junior high, and then um, I decided to go to college at the same college where my youth minister went, and that is where I met Alex. Okay. Um, um, so sometimes when you talk to people uh, who are followers of Jesus, it's, how you doing? Great, great, everything's great. We're just blessed. I just love life. This is great. It's always great, 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 great. With a huge Joel Osteen smile. Um, but I'm not saying, I'm just, he's just the guy smiling. Um, and and um, that has not been the case uh, for my wife and I. Um, now, there's a lot of times where life is great and, and, you know, life is fun. 
But I know that 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 tragedy almost right away, um, which maybe it's me. Like as soon as I met you, uh, as soon as I came into your life, uh, a couple of of high level tragedies uh, came your way, and that is a huge part of your story. And I think it's an important part of your story because um, not everybody can relate with the happy, everything's great kind of crowd. So tell us about those tragedies and how they shaped your walk with God. I hate talking about this, by the way, but Um, when I was 20 and a sophomore in college, um, I lost my mother. She had brain cancer, and it was only six months um, from the moment we found out until she passed away. So 20, you're not really ready to handle that. And I had just um, the year before started dating Alex, so he dealt with all of that with me. Um, and then several years later, um, after Alex and I were married, we, had, we have two boys, um, which a lot of you that have been coming here know very well because Alex talks about them in almost every sermon. But um, Spencer, he's six, and Elijah is three. But in between them, um, we had a little girl named Alexis Faith Poindexter, and she was born with Down syndrome. And um, that was, we knew it might happen during the pregnancy, but I convinced myself that it wasn't going to happen. Um, So I was a little bit surprised when she was born that she did have it. And um, so I started um, listening to the pediatricians. We had a gazillion doctor's appointments scheduled and figuring out what life was going to be like raising a special needs child. Um, So our whole lives were about to change um, and eight days later her heart just stopped beating we had heart tests done during pregnancy so we didn't expect that and um, and that was the end so then again our life changed again um, having to deal with all of that pain um, how did what was your second part how, how did it, how has that shaped your faith um, okay. for the good or the I bad I wrote this down because I wanted to I didn't want to babble so this is um, this is kind of what I have learned through all of this. Um, this is definitely not heaven where we live. The world has sin, disease, and death, but God is not a genie in a bottle. He doesn't just grant every wish that I want and give me everything that I want. But that doesn't change the fact that God is the creator of the universe. He is all-knowing, and I cannot begin to comprehend why he sometimes allows pain and sometimes he decides to heal. But I have chosen to have faith and belief that I will be reunited with the ones that I love again someday and that we won't have pain any longer. Okay, so what I hope you can take away from from that story is that um, God doesn't guarantee you a life free of pain for this life. And sometimes... You can feel like you've done things wrong when that enters your life, but there are plenty of people who walk with God closely and yet have to endure some pretty difficult situations and can find joy and and hope in their very real circumstances with God. Um, Let me go back to, uh, to Kathy now. And okay, no, let's then just hand them. I'll give you a moment. Go ahead, Jen, grab the mic. Sorry. Um, that's okay. 
Um, Jen, you guys, and it actually fits with the theme a little bit. I know you guys are going through a struggle right now with your family. Share what you feel like or, or you know, what you want with uh, that struggle, but then how that's shaping your walk with God right now, how God is using that to transform your faith. Okay. Um, do you want me to tell them what happened? Yeah, just, okay. yeah. Um, some of you know, some of you don't, that know is that um, Mike's family had a construction company, um, and basically a company that they had done work for decided to wrong them by not paying them and put them out of business. Um, it was kind of a long, drawn-out battle during all of that, and um, we did a lot of praying. And at any point in time, God could have stepped in, and he could have brought justice for them, and he chose not to. And so we went through the process of him losing his job, and um, I suddenly needed to go back to work, find a job, try to figure out how to make that work around two kids who were not in school full-time, um, and try to figure out how to pay the bills, and just, you know, all that stress. And um, I think what stands out to me from that is that when you're taught all the time, especially when you're in church all the time like I was, God's in control of everything. Everything's in God's hands. Everything you have comes from him. And I knew that in my head, but it wasn't something I ever really had to really deal with the reality of. I always had a pretty blessed life. And then all of a sudden, we're very dependent on him just from one day to the next. How are we going to... Um, pay the dentist bill? How are we going to do that, you know, just get through one step or at a time? Or when our son puts your son in the hospital, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring gonna... that up. <laughs> this, this past week, my son issued his first football injury to their son, Brandon. Elijah. It was, no, yes, Elijah. <laughs> the one playing football is fine. <laughs> sorry, Jen, go ahead. That's all right, but he's fine. Um, <laughs> so I think it, it's become very much a reality. Um, not just something to know in my head anymore, but to have experienced and prayed over, okay, God, what are we going to do about this? And then God provides an answer. And, okay, now pray about what are we going to do about this? And God provides an answer, and to see that really one need at a time, even though things didn't go the way we wanted them to, he's not um, turning his back on us. He's still there. It's not fun to live that way. It's not a lesson I would have asked to learn, but it's one that... Um, <laughs> That he's been um, he's been there for us all along the way, and it doesn't mean we don't get really stressed out. We both get really stressed out, but every time that we turn something over to him in prayer, he answers. So give me the real answer, not the churchy answer, Jen. Um, has this trial been a good thing for you and your family? Well, part of me says no. <laughs> it's been horrible. Um, you know, I wish that we never had gone through the stress that we've been through for like the last year and a half um but at the same time i guess it's good in that um we have learned that god really really does meet each and every need and even small details something sometimes i pray over and say i know that my pool pump really isn't that important in the big scheme of life but right now it looks like it's broken and i'm just gonna cry if one more thing breaks around here and then you know it's not really broken that this got tripped or whatever, you know, just little things sometimes. Okay, God cares about every detail, and um, just to see him meet each and every detail, yeah, it's been a good thing that way. Okay. 
Um, now, Kathy, you ready? Yep. Okay. Talk about uh, women's Bible study. You are a champion at Polaris of women's Bible study in the sense that you really try to bring a culture of women's Bible study to Polaris, right? Right. Okay. Um, talk about how, why is that so vital to you and what have you seen in terms of friendships, spiritual growth from the overall culture of women's Bible study at Polaris? Um, it's actually out of selfish reasons, I guess, because I am not a disciplined person. I envy those who are able to read their Bible. Marathon runner. Seriously, she runs marathons, but she's not disciplined. Sorry. I, and I, if I am not in a Bible study, I won't read the Bible. And I found that no matter how hard I try, off, off Bible study time. I, and, and God um, has so blessed my life through Bible study and in his word and studying. That's just how I am wired. And um, I feel blessed and fortunate that I have opportunities to meet with a group of people, and women especially, no offense, men, every week. And every week, every one of those women in that group also have studied his word. So I need people in my life like that, that I can go to and get advice from or to ask prayer from. Or, I mean, I need people like that because in my life, um, I need advice that's truth and um, God-given and um, not just this is how they feel or how I feel, that it's it's directed through God's word. And... Um, I, I just fell in love with the book, like I said, 20 years ago, and and just recently I was reminded that this book was written on my behalf, and and I just enjoy the study part of it. I know everybody has their different way of approaching God's Word, but I'm a studier. I like to study it. I like to learn about it. I like to understand the history of it, and and that's how I connect with God. That's a that's a God connecting thing, not just. Kathy can stand up here and spout out facts about the Bible. It, it transforms my life and and how I respond to things and and um, yes, and it affects my ministry, my marriage, my raising my children, my relationships, everything. I can't and it and he'll lay things out. I'm studying Daniel and it'll relate to something in my life that I just. I mean, it's just amazing to me. This book is just and. Um, it's just how I see and hear God, and I feel his love for me is through his word. Kathy, just so you know, I think that Kathy is one of the wisest people at Polaris, um, one of the most perceptive spiritually, and, and I think that that comes from her value of God's word. And I want you guys to know that just because, like, in a series like this, we're doing interviews, not a lot of, like, scripture-heavy text on Sunday morning, but reading your Bible is, while I guess it's not technically true to say it's everything um, in your walk with God, it is a huge deal. And if you don't have something in your life outside of Sunday morning where you're getting together with other people sharing experiences, reading the Bible together, uh, man, I would really encourage you to do that. And if you want to help with like our small groups and things like that, getting plugged in, please let me know. That's a big deal. One more question for Kelly. Um, and, and then we, we're, we're out of time. Um, so, Kelly, you are on the board of Love, Inc. 
you are active in raising a lot of money for the Buddy Walk for the Upside of Downs. You oversee the children's ministry pre-K at Polaris. You work in downtown Akron, uh, volunteer for a preschool program for children who live in poverty um, and other stuff. Um, And you're also full-time at PNC Bank. Um, But you have found a tremendous uh, passion in your life for those kinds of Isaiah 58 ministries. How has God transformed you and transformed your heart toward that kind of passion? Um, I would say each one kind of came at different times, some of those things we volunteer at. But um, I do work full-time, sometimes more than full-time, it seems like. Um, And I struggle with all the time um, trying to make sure I have enough time for my family, for Alex and the boys. Um, So some of these things, actually, I found a way to teach the boys and do Isaiah 58 and do things together as a family. So some of these things we do together, um, not just me. Um, The Compassion International Child, that's a family thing. The kids write to Daniela and draw her pictures, and we pray for her together as a family. Um, Children's ministry, actually, I first started teaching Spencer's class because I wanted to be with Spencer more, and um, they actually helped me sort out the curriculum in the living room and um, pull the chairs off the tables over next door. So we kind of do that together. Um, And then some of the other opportunities I just found, like at at work, um, my work lets us volunteer. They have a specific um, goal to help um, early education, and they give us the opportunity to go help um, specifically with underprivileged kids. So why would I not take that opportunity? It's a little, you know, you have to make sure you get your work done too. But um, I love that they let me do that. So um, I started a team, and we do that. But things just, um, the opportunities seem to come along, but I guess I just want to say um, I, I can't believe as I watch now that Spencer's going to enter first grade, and the time has flown, and I can't believe how fast the next seven years probably will go, and I know a lot of you probably feel that way with your own children. I mean, it's so fast. Um, so just I, I would say I would encourage you to find things that you can do together to both teach them um, and spend time with them because I think everyone, everyone, both our family and the people we're helping, I hope, benefit with that. Okay. Well, you can absolutely see God's hand at work in the lives of these three ladies, how he's developed passions and um, character traits um, through struggles and, um, and, you know, past experiences. And what I hope you can begin to do is look at your life and see God's hand actively working. And even if you can't see a thing, um, you have to realize that he got you here today. So he is more active than what you might believe. And his desire is to make you um, kingdom-minded, uh, walk closely with him. And um, um, I'm hopeful that through this series and through the testimonies of women like these, you can begin to 
incorporate some of these practices and, if nothing else, understand God's activity in your life. So thank you very much, ladies. We appreciate you. And, yeah.